All right. And then, Raphael, what we usually do is a clap sync after that, and I'll count us down. Uh, three, two, one. I had a Perfect. moment of like desperation where I was like, we'll do a countdown to the clap. And then suddenly my brain was like, do I count up to three or do I count down to one? And I had that panic <laughs> moment for a second. Like, oh, God, how do I, I clap? Do? Dude, we're in fucking trouble. <laughs> Has anyone else just like fucking realized that I think we're in trouble now? Like, I don't know. Like this. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I'm so far into like the quarantine now that I'm starting to like lose my sanity. I was I was saying this earlier. But this morning I had meetings for like three hours straight on Zoom and I could just feel it was like a Death Eater or something came to my door, like through my laptop. And it just slowly sucked the life out of me, like just just sitting there. Just what? So anyways, I'm amazed <laughs> that anyone is capable of doing anything anymore <laughs> after. Potentially. Dude, I feel that my oh. brain's been fuzzy all week. Has it? Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Tough. I haven't had what a death this eater, is like... but I did have a day where I was just like, "What is life?" Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you may not have felt noticed. weird. That is a death eater experience. Like whether or not, <laughs> whether or not you saw them come by, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it is. Like if you're questioning life, I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> but that's everyone, dude. Like. Dude, has anyone else experienced this shit? Like, I've been walking around. I'm, I'm sure we all have been walking. Have you ever heard about walking? I'd like to tell you about walking. No, but you're, like, walking down a path, and then, like, a motherfucker sees you, right? And they look at you. They lock eyes, like, you know. And it used to be awkward always to walk by people. But sometimes they would, like, wave and stuff. And now they look at you, and they look down, and then they sort of, like, it's like they're wearing a mask already, but then they, like, cover their mask with their, like, fucking hands to, like, extra protect themselves from you. And I'm like, what am I? What? It's, like, so sinister. Like, like I swear, like nine out of ten people are like, "I hate you. You shouldn't even be here." Um, and I'm <laughs> you like, "What? Exist. You shouldn't even walk near me. If you kill, I was gonna say, yeah, you you're clearly not in Michigan. Just because in Michigan you walk by a person in a mask, and the person like will pull down their mask and be like, "Do you know where the sauerkraut is? <laughs> God damn it, woman! I don't know. Please." <laughs> Sauerkraut? Did you know you can talk through your mask? <laughs> Dude, I did have I did have an event that was kind of like that where someone had a mask on and they were talking through it and it was kind of muffled. And I'm like, sorry, I can't hear you. And they pulled it down to be more clear. And I was like, no, no, I just meant to be louder. I didn't mean like, whatever, fuck it. Like, <laughs> you didn't mean expose me to the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. And so you may have heard his voice already, but we have a special guest on today, and that is James. No, I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> no, dude, no. Welcome fucking back, James. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We have an actual real guest. But seriously, though, welcome back to James. Thank you. You have been sorely missed. Your energy is exciting and delightful. Um, but to not keep it weird and to keep rolling, we have a guest, Raphael. Um, hello. How are you? Hello. I am doing well. So... It turns out that actually, I mean, geez, we're going to jump into the game. Let's just fucking do it. I guess that's why we're here, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to ask this- James all oh. about his trip. Oh, oh yeah, do yeah. It. That's a great question. <laughs> but, this, but this isn't the travel podcast. So maybe we'll- <laughs> Little <laughs> did you know, ever. this is not a travel podcast. <laughs> James, did you play Into the Breach in any beautiful places out there? I did. Yeah, I played some Into the Breach um, up near Bar Harbor near Acadia National Park, uh, mm. where if I turned around away from the television screen, I could look out onto the ocean. But instead, I was looking at a television screen to play Into the Breach. <laughs> a true gamer. <laughs> a true gamer. 
gamers like move their circumstance such that they could experience life yeah. should they choose to and yeah. then they choose not to is that fair exactly exactly yeah I, I recognize gamers would just like move that TV, block the view. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that Dude. the window was big and the TV was very small. Oh, bro, I feel that. Dude, yeah. I've actually, it's actually sad, man. The more I've crystallized as a gamer, um, is like the more I'm like particular about my setup. And now I don't even think I could like go to a beautiful place and play Valorant. I'd be like, oh, this monitor is not at my perfect eye level. And so I just like, can't handle this shit. <laughs> like, I'm not going to hit anybody. This is going to be terrible. So I feel like that's just the slow and steady decline towards, I'm not saying I'm moving to the basement, but I'm, we don't have a basement where I'm at, but I'm just saying if there was a basement, I'm not saying that I wouldn't eye it for my gaming chamber. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, yeah. Is that yeah. the direction we all go? Raphael, do you play in a basement? I do not. I don't have a basement either. Hmm. I'm sorry. Does anyone that. in California have basements? Right. Those are Dude, way too expensive. Yes. Some motherfuckers. They're a little more rare, but they do exist. And they're <laughs> awesome, dude. All I want like here in, in Michigan, like basements are just a given in every house. Like you wouldn't have a house without a basement. So when I heard and like when I moved out to college and therefore met people from other states and people were just like, yeah, we don't have basements where I'm from. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I always thought this is so dumb, but I always thought it was going to be so cool to find someone in California, like when I was in high school, I was like, I just, I didn't have a reason or like, but I wanted to like have that college, not I guess it was high school experience where you like date a girl and then go to her basement and it never happened because California, there's no fucking basements. I mean, there's a couple, but it just, it, I, I didn't want that to be my sole deciding factor, but I did want that to happen. Um, similar to an anime storyline, you know, like I, that, <laughs> I just wanted my life to be like that. What, never what, worked was your, out. what was your television experience of a basement that got you excited about like going to a girl's basement? Well, okay. The closest I had was a, was a side add-on to a house, right? Like they added it on later and there was kind of like – it used to be a deck, you know what I'm saying? So the door was like kind of solid. But yeah. there's something like – dude. No, but I mean like, I I mean, like what – what got you the idea that you wanted to go to a basement? Isn't that where all the high schoolers make out? Am I wrong in this? <laughs> I think it's traditionally the bedroom. No, fuck that. I can't, that's too obvious. If I go to yeah. the bedroom and close the door, the parents are like, the fuck is wrong with you? If we go to the basement and we're watching a movie. All I'm right? going to say, McCoy, is like, you know, there's not a lot of basements here in California. You know who did have a basement here in California? Who? The Zodiac Killer. Hey. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. So, wow. McCoy, are you the Zodiac killer? <laughs> no, but I think I'd like to make out with the Zodiac killer. Okay, moving on. Yeah. James. Any, <laughs> I think let's get to the game. No, fuck it. Let's get to the game. Let's change the like some exciting stories. <laughs> fuck, we are off the rails today. This is just one of those. Uh, you know, Into the Breach really brings the noise. You know, it's one of those yeah. games that really brings the excitement out from all of us. Goddamn. Um, cool. So, I guess... I want to open with this concept because I think in at least in college and, and with a bunch of my friends, I've definitely had this conversation around a similar game called XCOM, which maybe many of you have played. And some of the core tenets are it, of it is randomness. And it's it feels like a game of risk mitigation. Whereas I, a lot of people would always say, you know, this is really fun and all. And truthfully, XCOM is awesome. But they wanted like this this mythical game that told you everything it was going to do. There was no randomness. Like you could 
predict all the damage values if you were going to hit, if you were not going to hit, and you could solve it more like a puzzle than like an action risk mitigation game. And I feel like in a lot of ways, that's kind of what Into the Breach is. Like, it's that game that tells you literally everything should you find yourself uh, disciplined enough to slow down and actually experience that. Um, do you guys know what I'm talking about with the XCOM comparison there? It really does feel like that theoretical game people are talking about for so many years. So can we yeah. actually yeah. describe what Into the Breach is instead of just saying it's like XCOM, but they tell you what things are, think what what's going to happen? I invite you to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a turn-based strategy game, essentially, where it's like a multi-dimensional chess where an enemy will have a set a set number of uh, turns to make where they set up their pieces and position them to either attack or defend. And then the other player also gets opportunity to set up their pieces and, you know, counterattack or defend. Um, so it's all turn-based. There's no, like, reaction times you need to worry about because you basically set up your pieces, hit the execute button, and it will do exactly what you want it to do. <laughs> I will say there's a light reaction component where it's me trying to stop myself from hitting end turn before I should have or like misclicking <laughs> like an attack. That's fair. But that, like, that's just, on your own volition. That's not the game's fault. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. Oh, yes. Right. And like in particular, XCOM, where you're playing as a squad of people fighting aliens, like you usually set up your soldiers around aliens to like, you know, flank them and whatnot and each soldier has a shot that they can take and each shot has a percentage of hitting and right. for some reason whenever i fucking play that game i mm -hmm. always get the one guy who has a 99 percent chance of critical hitting an alien only to fucking miss because yeah, that's my luck with those games <laughs> but that's yeah. everyone's luck with those games <laughs> <laughs> maybe like the thing about um, the thing about XCOM is that like 99% means like 20% <laughs> right that's like the official XCOM meme <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah is that 99% right I think there's like a beautiful shot of like somebody with a pistol that's point blank range on an alien's face and it says like chance to hit 1% <laughs> like, are you kidding me <laughs> yeah XCOM does happen to have that like three dimensional component to it that adds this extra just like insult to injury where you watch the bullets just like go th straight through the person and it's like miss and you're like what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck that was such a hit um, exactly. that's true but so, okay like the difference between that and this is that um yeah, they're both on a grid, and you can see exactly what places you can line up an attack and where where your pieces can move. Um, but everything is a lot like there's no chance to hit in this game, right? <laughs> right. There's no when chance you shoot at something, it always hits. When yes. they shoot at you, they always hit. Yes. Exactly. Um, I would actually. I actually wanted to bring the question of. I, th I can only think of one piece of randomness in this whole game, and that is where the enemies spawn. Other than that, I actually can't think of and any where they other move randomness. To? Where they move to? Okay, okay. And I guess how the terrain is set up, maybe you could consider that random, but it, it shows it to you even before you jump in. So yeah. there's so little randomness, and I feel like 
in an age of games that have so much randomness and maybe just games in general have so much randomness, I do feel like it does feel super different to play this game because it's just so calculatable. Yeah. yeah, and also notably, I think another feature that I just learned today is a thing is like you can undo moves. So mm-hmm. like, you know, you can you can move your pieces around and you're you only can't undo once you use an attack or a repair move or mm-hmm. some sort of finalizing move. Whereas like but if you just move a piece and then you realize, "Oh wait, shit, I don't really want to move there. Maybe I want to actually like move around and flank this guy over here." Like you can do that in this game. Whereas in XCOM, it's like, as soon as you move your soldier, like, doesn't matter if you misclicked, like, you're yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like, in XCOM, you couldn't necessarily see if you could hit them. Like, that's something that they added in, like, later XCOM clones. Like, like uh, I'm trying to think if that was in uh, Mutant Year Zero. I think it was, but it's like, you hover your, your piece over where you want to move and it shows you sight lines. Like that's something that XCOM didn't have. So you sit there and you go like, I'm going to move up to this balcony so I can shoot this guy. And it's like, you can't shoot that guy. And you're like, what? I can see him. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is this? <laughs> and then you're like looking for the undo button that doesn't exist. So it really did try to like totally uh, communicate all of those things so much better. Um, and I feel like that's what makes it so fun. Like, like for instance, like when Raphael were playing this game together, cause he was, he said to me, quote, I don't think I would enjoy this game. And then I was like, cool. So let's play it together. And then afterwards was like, wow, I enjoyed this game. That was my story. And I totally just put words in his mouth. And he didn't actually say any of that. But we're rolling with it. Um, and so. And also he's here to the, defend himself. So we'll see what he his is. actual yeah, story is I think is I later. said something more along the lines of I, I was on the fence about the game. But mm-hmm. having an extra commendation in its favor was like, okay, I'll go for it. Right? But but how how cool was it as a as a game that you felt like we could actually play together and like bounce ideas off of? Because there's so much you need to work out in your head. It's really cool to see like someone else working out something differently and then like you're just working out and then you're like both trying to explain strategies to each other and we're moving pieces around like, well, what if I did this? Like, oh, okay, well, the downside of that is you'll take this grid damage and then I'm like, no, I'm not. No, what are you talking about? And then like, you'd like take 30 minutes to explain exactly how <laughs> I was gonna take that grid damage. <laughs> and you were always right. Um, but what do you think about that? I mean, have you played games similar to this, like that are they're in this I don't know tactics genre or some shit? I mean, I'm not super familiar myself, but have you played a lot of these? And is there a noticeable lack of randomness in this one? Do you think? Uh, I've played XCOM. I've also played another game that I think tries to tackle the same problem, uh, called Invisible Ink, mm. uh, which is also pretty XCOM-like. It's a little bit more emphasis on like stealth, um, but again, like there's no randomness to it. Mm. Um. What do you think of that? Like, is that the direction you want this genre to go in? Do you appreciate XCOM for its randomness also differently? Or what do you think? Um, I was always really frustrated with the randomness in XCOM. I think that's a pretty (laughs) universal experience. (laughs) Um, That being said, there are some like semi-random aspects of it that can be interesting. So like XCOM, XCOM is partial information. So like there's fog of war and you can reveal things as you get sight of them. Um, And so you can actually have mechanics around that where like, units might go invisible um into the breach i haven't encountered any invisibility i guess there's one enemy unit that will like go into the ground when you first damage it right sure um but they don't really do that that being said i i really like the predictability like it it's a much more satisfying like mastermind experience i guess Mm. it really does feel like that i was thinking about how much they do in this game to set it up so that you can 
mastermind it. And, and, and one of the things they don't even do is they don't actually give the enemies the same turn as you. Here's what I mean. They move, telegraph their attacks, then you get to move and attack, then they attack. Like even their own structure is not something you could even do in a multiplayer 1v1 game. Like it wouldn't be fair. Like they set this game yeah. so much up to telegraph to you so you can mastermind. They give the player mm -hmm. a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. But I fucking love that. I will say though, I know it is a pretty universal experience that people are frustrated with the randomness in XCOM. I will say that I actually personally think there's a lot of value in the uh, randomness of XCOM. And what I mean by that is that it's a very different game than this one. This one feels like a puzzle game and I love it for that. But XCOM more felt like chaos, that you were trying to like mitigate risks. Like you were trying to put the percentages in your favor, but you couldn't guarantee the outcome. And I think that has its own level of tension where you just don't know it. I don't know if it's almost the same as rolling the dice or maybe it is, but you're sitting there like, I fucking need this guy to land this. I know it's not a great shot. It's not as 90%. It's not an 80%. It's actually a 60%, but I fucking need this or else we're in trouble. And like that creates its own little tension and excitement. So I think it's like these two games are almost like entirely different, like in the premise of what they're trying to do and, and how they're trying to make you feel. Um, but I, again, also love the mastermind, like, like, like tactical approach, because then it just really feels like if you, if you put your mind to it, you can like protect the civilians, <laughs> the hundreds of civilians that die every time you take damage. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> so that, that was like quite a shocker when like one of the enemies hits a building and I'm like, okay, it's just one unit. And then this like red, like 325 lives lost. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, exactly. Dude, have you ever like taken multiple pieces of grid damage in like the same turn? Just because I'm not going to say that I fucked it up really bad, but I <laughs> fucked it up really bad. And like, yes, the fucking yes leader I have of the fucked island, it up really bad. <laughs> oh god it's bad like the leader of the island looks at you and is just like you were supposed to save the civilians not watch them die and i'm like oh jesus i'm sorry you're like look man long game strategy and you're like well you see oh god yeah long game, man, strategy, long game strategy is trigon next time oh my god like, look it's fine i'll just go back in time or something yeah I abandoned think there timeline. was one turn with the hazardous mechs where i took three grid damage in one oh. turn so wait and i actually i won that run <laughs> But <laughs> there was just one point where I was like, okay, I can like kill a bunch of them and take some damage and be able to manage it next turn. Or I can like try to save some damage and then get overwhelmed like progressively. Mm. See, I feel like I would not have been able to mentally wrap my head around like that. And I would have instantly just overwhelmed myself for the next turn, you know, like protected the people then in the short term and just gone but wait so sorry can you tell us about the hazardous mechs a little bit because that's a not the default setup that's actually like an expensive one i think it's maybe five or so coins or something to unlock them and they're fucking wild i remember you unlocked them and we were like reading through what they do and i was just sitting there like this sounds like anti-fun to me <laughs> like <laughs> like fuck these mechs yeah so they're they're kind of uh the bloodborne mechs i guess so they reward you being really aggressive um but they have a large potential for collateral damage um so uh you have like one which is like a support um and it can just apply acid to things which makes them take double damage mm -hmm. um and then the other two have like double-edged attacks where uh one will like leap in somewhere it'll take damage and it will do damage to everything adjacent to it um 
and push them. And that one was really hard to play around because like so much of the time, like you'd leap next to an enemy and push them into a building or something. Um, yeah. Or leap next to a building and have to hit the building to hit three enemies. Oh my god, um, dude! Dude, I remember the tooltip for for one of those abilities that that damn because again, like you said, they damage you when you use them. It's like you shoot this fucking tank and it fires back and it lights its own tile on fire like a fucking yeah. lunatic <laughs> and then yeah. just like hits someone for like what seems to be reasonable but not amazing damage. Like it's like you hit them for two and then you light yourself on fire. But um, it's just like, it's ridiculous. I was like, is this for real? And then the upgrade tree for it, whereas a normal thing, if you're playing like, I swear a normal mech, the upgrade is like, you spend two power cells and you get plus one damage. You're like, cool, I went from going one to damage to two damage, I'm feeling good. I went from two to three, I'm feeling really good about this. Theirs was plus one damage each. That's like the fucking word that they would use. I'm like, each? I'm paying cells to do more damage to myself? This shit is crazy. <laughs> you said you won with that? Yeah, so the way it worked was I took over a pilot from the previous timeline that gave them armor, and that mitigated the self-damage. Um, the other thing that the hazardous mechs just have to mitigate it is when they get a kill, they heal. Um, and that's the passive that the third one gives. So the idea is like you're supposed to get acid on them and then just like one-shot things uh, most of the time. That sounds satisfying. Uh, that being said, it ends up being really finicky in that, like, to play them correctly, you have to, like, you have a lot of constraints, and so you end up with fewer options to do, I guess. Um, and you often get backed into corners where it's like, okay, my best option is to, like, take grid damage. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get the, I feel like, the acid dream, which is like one of those boss figures rolls around with like eight health or something and you hit him with acid and then just one shot the fuck out of them? Yeah, I think I did one shot the like boss in the volcano. The like final uh, boss? Yeah, because <laughs> I had like a four damage attack and I acided him. Holy shit. That's good. Yeah. yeah. This, I feel like this game, I don't know if, it, I don't know how many of us got to there, but I feel like in the runs that I actually did win over my course of playing this game, it's like you, I found either an item or a build or a strategy that felt so strong that I was able to just do something kind of like broken out the gate and I just had to rely on it. Um, and it def this game definitely like allows you to do that. Like if you find, like if you can one shot this boss, that is going to make it way, way, way easier. <laughs> So mm. you should do it <laughs> like right now or like, dude, but sometimes it's it's just as simple as like, wow, this boss just happens to be standing right next to this fucking lightning strike. <laughs> if I just push him one time, <laughs> just <dies. laughs> Fuck yeah, let's go. Oh, oh, yo, I'm curious. Like, what did people, so did people like, you have to start with a certain set of mechs. Um, they're like yep. a pretty diverse group of mechs that have different weird abilities and they and they push and stuff. Did anyone try any other mechs than that? Or is everyone still using the, the starting stuff, which they're really, really good? Yeah, I mean, I've... I haven't played enough to, <clears throat> I guess, unlock any of the other mechs. Really? Um, you, the, at your least first, not that I'm aware of. Your first round that you die, you should be able to unlock the second round of mechs. If you beat the... Okay, maybe I just didn't look then. And I was just, I think, I, I think probably the first time I died, I was probably more like, okay, I understand this game more. Let's keep with what we've been doing. Yeah, let's keep the variables the same. Let's try to learn a bit more. <laughs> Makes sense. 
Exactly. So then, James, since you knew that, you must surely have gotten a second set of mechs and just, you know, been off to the races. I got the second set of mechs and I was like, how do you do this? <laughs> and I also, I started on the second. So I beat the first island in my first run. Um, <laughs> which, I which, felt like we just have to use the soundboard now. No, no, we do, that's not it. I don't know. Is that impressive? I don't think that's that impressive that to beat the first island in your first run. Just it's the way like, you said it was like you threw your fucking dick on the table. It's like, just like <laughs> but you chow. <laughs> I did it. I'm amazing. I'm a boss. No, I and and I was like, okay, well, I played that island. I'll try the second island for first with this new set of mechs. And I like died instantly. I don't know. Maybe I made bad choices. I definitely made bad choices. So I'm going to start with that. I made really bad choices. <clears throat> I fucked up a couple of uh, turns catastrophically, and um, I died within three fights. <laughs> Dude, yeah. boy. Especially after the confidence you roll in from like having like a little bit of mastery of the first yeah. like, This shit's easy, bro. Exactly. Like, exactly. Um, Bro, shit is not easy. I lost a pilot in the first battle, and I was like, well, <laughs> I shouldn't Dude, have done that. <laughs> Dude, there was a run I had literally today, literally today, <laughs> where I, I abandoned the previous timeline with my best favorite pilot and killed him on the first battle. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, just no. like, what the fuck, man? God, this is so embarrassing. Like, dude, if you're not in the right headspace to play this game, like, for instance, like, when I'm, like, rested and um, dialed in, right, I'm, like, sitting there, um, Raphael can attest to this, maybe, maybe, if you would do me a fucking grace to pretend like I was this dialed in when we played, but it's, like, like, if I'm not, though, and I'm, like, sitting there, I'm listening to music, like, whatever, I'll just, like, play a little bit casually, it's, like, things are going well, and then the run just tanks before you even recognize it, and you've just ruined everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, James, is that what happened to you? You just, like, fucking oh, yeah. tanked. Oh, yeah. Well, no, God, that, that whole run was bad. Was a mistake. Mm -hmm. Dude, guys, I was just I, I was just losing health catastrophically. Huh. Um, That's the thing about this game, though. Like, it leaves very little room for error. Like, yeah. I at least felt like with maybe, like, with XCOM, it's like if I made, a, like, a bad decision, I could maybe salvage myself somewhat and, like, get all my guys out alive still and make the mission successful. This game, it's like you do one shoddy move and they're like, yeah, fuck you. Like, yeah. you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had one today where it was like I was intentionally putting my tanky mech in between two bullets. Like, he was going to block two enemies' attacks from both sides. I checked them both. This guy does, I think, two got two damage, and this guy does two damage or something like that. And what I didn't realize, it just, just slipped the mind, is that one of them applies acid, and, of course, he attacks first. So I just get fucking nuked, just blown up, like, 100 <laughs> to zero. My my best dude just lights on fire and just, like, shoots out the fucking mech and dies. It's like, oh. <laughs> and it's like, and then you look at your next turn, like, I don't have enough pieces to, like, stop like this might just be over. Like you yeah. know, there's yeah. like four exactly. turns yeah. left. Yeah. Fuck, and then dude. and then you and then like for a lot of my runs, I was like, oh well, this run is over, and it's like you won the battle, and I'm like, I I wish I hadn't won that battle. <laughs> 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 like I stopped trying in order to let the like 
enemies win and they they like ran away after uh like one more turn and i was like shit i was trying to lose there <laughs> yeah that's like that's why i love the option in the menu abandon timeline just like i couldn't like <laughs> so i couldn't find that on uh on the switch i wasn't looking very hard but i couldn't find that option <laughs> that's awesome so you're just like slowly like nuking yourself i guess you could shoot your own buildings i don't know like oh i should have thought of that <laughs> dude i remember like oh but, like, man the the amount of times that i would like be like okay you know what like i'm gonna hit this guy it's gonna knock him into the building but it, like i'm gonna be okay and just the amount that game just rubs in your face of like I don't know, like, what the fuck are you doing? We're supposed to be saving these people. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just needed to, like, get this guy out of the way. I'm sorry. I'm doing what's called a pro gamer move. I never <laughs> meant anyone to die. Oh, God. And then there's, like, I swear there's, like, a, this game, like, does a lot to communicate to you stuff. But I think there's, like, some shit you just got to find out, right, for yourself. And, like, those moments yeah. are so tense. Like, there was one where I know that, like, a flying guy can be over water. Like, I know he can be over water. I was like, cool, I know that. But then there's this, like, one where the, the the actual, like, tiles themselves just fall away and they mark it as a chasm. And I'm like, I think you can fly over a chasm, but I don't know. I've never, like, flied off the map for sure. And so you just sit there and you're like, okay, we're just going to find out. We're just, I guess we're just going to yeah. learn today. It's like, you know, I've only been doing this run for 45 minutes. It's going really well, but we're just going to learn today. You know? <laughs> just like right here. <laughs> Oh god, I felt the same way with fire too. Because I was like, "What hey, does the survey say? Does the survey say you you're you can fly you over fly. a chasm or no? Yeah, you fly over the chasm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Well, I was thinking like, what type of flying is this? Is this like the type of flying where it's like bouncing the air off the ground? I mean, I don't understand how flying works. Don't correct me. But the point <laughs> I'm just saying is like, is it a hover? You know, over the Sorry, ground or is it a right? flying? <laughs> god damn. Um, I did want to actually uh slightly. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I was laughing at Gabe's that's how airplanes work, right? To you bounce the air off the ground. <laughs> yeah, they're just really good at throwing the air really far. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, every time I'm in an airplane, I'm like, this this shouldn't work. I don't think this is okay with me. Like, I'm just rocketing across this goes the fucking against God. sky. <laughs> I shouldn't be above the clouds, bro. This isn't right. <laughs> It just I feel the same way about fucking cruise ships. I'm just like, why did I put myself in a place where if I needed medical attention, it would be really far away? Like, why did I do that? <laughs> like, cruise ships are fun until they're not fun anymore and you realize you're dead. Um, like, can you swim error. to land from here? I didn't think so. You know what I would do if I could swim from land from here? I would get on land. That's what I would do. <laughs> Anyways. No, but... but um, also, also... Aside, uh, during the time of COVID, don't go on cruise ships, guys. Don't do it. Dude. Don't do it. It's a PSA. It's a PSA. Don't get on a cruise ship. Yeah, that's true. I do think that the, the golden age of cruise ships just passed us. It was right when COVID started. That was the golden age of cruise ships. If your cruise ship launched before COVID hit the stores and you were just chilling, right? You could be chilling for months on that thing. That was awesome. But then the second they docked, man, ugh, yeah, yeah, it's over now. Yeah. But yeah. there was like, do you guys, do you guys read those stories of being like, cruise ship comes back like confused what COVID is or something? You know, like, <laughs> they're like, yo, drinks in the sun, bro, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're stuck anymore. in, you're stuck in your cruise ship for the next six months. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Dude, 
I actually did talk to someone the other day when I was I was so this was the one out of ten that actually like is was a nice person when I was on this walk. But then they wanted to have a conversation with me, which is very strange. We like stood like twenty feet apart and just shouted. But they were just yeah. telling me about like it's just such a first world problem. They were like, dude, the beginning of quarantine was so brutal for me. I'm like, really? Oh God, I'm sorry. Like, why? And they're like, God, you know, I was up in my timeshare in Tahoe. <laughs> And uh, then, the, then the lockdown hit and I couldn't go anywhere. And, you know, I only had like a week's worth of clothes. I mean, there was a, luckily there's like a washer there, but, but still it was crazy, you know, and I, I had to figure out where to get food and stuff. I mean, there's a grocery store right down the way, but you know, it's in your sight. It's, it's just like, damn it, dude. There were no problems, but there was a lot of anxiety. Yeah, she's like, oh, and I had to work from home up there. I mean, luckily the internet was great and, you know, I had everything I needed. It's just, it's just like, God damn it. Story. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Bringing us back for a second, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about a random item that uh, we found. We specifically, Rafa now found in our on our playthrough that Raphael identified as being awesome, and I tried to discard it. Like this thing's trash. Um, the wind. The wind. Boy, was I wrong. Do you want to talk a little about the wind? Fuck. Yeah. So it's like wind torrent, and when you first get it, uh, you can only use it once per level. Um, but it's a one power upgrade to unlimited uses. Um, and what it does is you pick a direction and everything that can be pushed will be pushed in that direction. So it's like all the enemies slide over. Like yeah, just, one tile. Oh, Every wow. creature, slide over. everything. <laughs> Even like those like Vec that make the little mountains around them before attacking, like those mountains move too. <laughs> everything. <laughs> And so I was like, Raphael, there's no way we could use this. This is crazy. We're just going to smash it into buildings or whatever. Like, And he was like, you know, let's just try it. Let's just fucking... Yeah, I was like, this seems like it could be really good. <laughs> but I don't know yet. Is it fair and to then, say that we beat our first run straight off of the back of the wind? Just like we rode uh, the wind. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we harnessed the wind. Oh it was God. always just like, should we do something else or should we use the wind? every time <laughs> no because i would sit there and like literally like it was almost like a fucking song and dance we had to do just to pretend like we were intellectuals like we just sit there and like well you know what you could do is you could open with moving this guy here knocking that guy into the other guy that's like a that's a two for one it's gonna hurt him both a lot um and then this guy i guess you could even line him okay that's gonna be a three for one lineup and it's like that was nice but have you considered the wind? <laughs> because everyone like aims in this game. You know what I mean? And so if you move them all like half, like literally three fourths of times we would use the wind, every single creature would miss. Every single one after one wind, they would all just shoot into the fucking ether, sometimes each other. And so it was just like, okay, I guess if we wind like top right, like I think that would actually let me see how that and like dude sometimes we didn't even figure it out in our heads like what was actually going to happen and we just sat there and we just hit the wind and we like mostly figured it out and then like three of them would accidentally kill each other and we didn't even notice like whoa where did that come from <laughs> it's like I don't know the wind it was only the wind <laughs> exactly the fucking yeah, hell there were also a few moments where it was like well we could use the wind here and it would do a lot but then we we need to do a few more things and it just like got really hard to figure out because like everything moves and then you have to hold all of that in your head and so mm. we were just like okay well let's look at our other options before the wind are they better or worse than the wind okay well, the wind is better let's just use the wind and then we'll figure it out from there yes and that was one of those things where like that was where i was starting to run mentally dry like during that run it was right at the end i think it'd been like four hours it's like like late at night for me but it's like dude we're fucking beating this game right now with the win like how do you fucking leave that shit when the run is so good 
Um, especially because, like, dude, it reminds me of Hearthstone when I used to do uh, Arena back in the day. It's like I'd have such a good Arena run, and then I'd be like, I'll go to bed and pick it up tomorrow. And then the next game's tomorrow. I would just lose all three because I forgot yeah. my deck. I forgot what my strategy was, and I just yeah. get mercilessly wrecked. So I was like, no, it's not happening today. But there was, but I always wanted to pride myself on, like, you shouldn't do anything until you've figured out the whole turn. You shouldn't do anything they figured out the whole turn you know that would be reckless so we're sitting there trying to calculate the fucking wind of like nine enemies moving like okay so he's gonna be fucking no 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 wait that guy's actually here now he's there yeah yeah yeah. no no no, he's not because he's dead from the fourth attack oh jesus and so eventually we just gave up there was this key turn that was really important i think it was in the volcano and we're just burnt out and we're just like just do the wind and we'll figure it out visually from there There was like the guy that makes mountains, and then there's like the guy that charges, and then there's like two guys that do artillery, and then there's like the bomb that you're trying to protect in the volcano, and it's like all of that's moving. Yeah. Holy shit. I never got to the volcano. Mm. So that's Um, something you should know, James, is that this game has an end to it, and it's actually not that crazy. Like, it's yeah. only a couple of levels into the wind. It's not like you have to... Er, into the wind. Into the wind. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like there's like four islands, right? And then yes. is the last one the volcano or is it... And then you go to the volcano. Uh, you can go to the volcano after doing two, three, or four islands. You're choosing. Huh. Once you get far enough, I think. Huh. I think you have to unlock that, if I recall correctly. Yeah, so it's like the second island. Once you complete the second island, you can do it. So that's why you'll notice, like, when you're picking out your squad, it has, like, little medals at the top, and it will be, like, two medal, three medal, four medal. Those right. are for wins on two, three, and four islands. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So so what it does allow you to do is do something in these roguelike run-based games that I'm always really bad at, which is understanding, truthfully, that you are so strong right now that you should just try to end the game because you're not going to get stronger. You're not going to get that magical item that's going to make you better unless it's the wind. You're not going to do extra damage. Like, you just need to close it out now. Like, you feel good right now. You have a bunch of grid health. Like, it's it's time to go, uh, which is cool that it lets you do that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so, so, wait. Hold on. Just curious. Has anyone here played FTL, the other game by these people? Yes. Y- yes. Okay. I played a it- shitload of F- FTL. Oh, so how does that, how does it compare, James? I'm just curious, like, like in terms of these two, they must be like wildly different, but I feel like, you know, similar styles in some ways, right? There's definitely similarities. Okay. Yeah. So the whole like roguelite setup of it is very similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the roguelike kind of with a definite ending that you're like trying to power up to get to um, the, uh, the like going major zones and minor zones mm-hmm. yep huh. and then He's... also having a crew um <laughs> that levels up kind of like with multiple people that you're trying to like level up separately huh. that you acquire over the course of a run um a couple of things about how you acquire uh, various resources are very reminiscent of FTL. Um, and the, then... The grid power is pretty similar to, like, your hull. Yeah, integrity. yeah. It's, like, very, very similar. Um, Would you recommend that we go... Like, if if, if we someone here liked this game, should we go play FTL? 
Um, yes, but yeah, they are very different as well. Um, so it's sort of like the whole framework they sit in is very similar, but like the actual like internals of a round just play out completely differently. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, I mean, I I feel like you can kind of a little bit compare them to like um a real-time strategy game versus a turn-based strategy game a little bit where there's some concepts that will will be equivalent across um but ftl is a real-time game that you can pause so real-time with pause um and um uh, this, as we've mentioned, is turn-based. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that Real Time with Pause has that are just directly equivalent to turn-based, but uh, because like a, like cooldowns are similar to turns, turn timers and et cetera, I think et cetera. Like one of the major differences in like in FTL because different weapons have different cooldowns, you get like you get these uh, uh, parody effects with them. Mm. So, like, there are some times when you'll be able to get off, like, two rounds of your shots between their attack. Yeah. Um, but, like, oh, most of the time... wouldn't allow that. You won't. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Did you um, guys beat FTL? I'm just curious, because I remember, like, I played it way long time ago. I barely remember, yeah. but I just remember being super fucking hard. I, I 100%ed it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. All right, we got to get Raphael back for the FTL episode. <laughs> uh, I just, I love FTL. <laughs> really? Oh, God, so the music's good. awesome. I, I played a stupid amount of FTL for how bad I was at that game. Um, <laughs> it was, like, fairly early on in my development as a gamer with a capital G. Um, <laughs> like... I, I kind of accept that I'm in that category now, but I kind of wasn't when I was playing FTL. Um, and so I I would say that actually, in general, I really enjoy strategy games, but I am bad at them because I prefer to utilize intuition over um, uh, thinking through every possibility. <laughs> Um, I think I think FTL has a little bit less of that. It's like you don't have to plan out ahead too much. It's like you have yeah. a set of smaller tactics. Like, oh, I'll fire my flat cannon to knock out their shields, and then I use my other laser. But it's like that's a strat, like a tactic you reuse over and over again. Right, right. And so I beat I've beaten FTL ever, but not very many times for the hundreds of hours that I've played it. Um, and uh, that's on normal mode. I mostly played on easy mode because I could beat it fairly consistently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> and uh, so, and I haven't gone back to it since I think the freshman year of college. Hmm. So it's been a while. I'm tempted to go back. I mean, just after seeing this game. And, yeah. And, just re- like that game being so hard, but I just, I love the music so much. Although I do want to lightly bring out, it's just funny because you mentioned playing it on easy. Uh, 
And just before this, uh, I was watching Zoe play uh, this game on easy. And it was really funny. It's actually like I, I was, I think I actually think, what was I playing my own game? I don't know. I was just hearing you. I wasn't watching. And it was just like, you know, I think this game is just too easy on easy for me to really. And then it was like the next room was like, I think I'm fucked. I don't know how to get out of here. Like, I, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> is this your experience, Zoe? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that that goes to show how much the tables can turn, I guess, in this uh, in this game, where uh, I I think the particular level you were talking about it was the first time I was dealing with uh, a it's not a tsunami event, like a tidal but it's wave an event basically a what tidal wave I think yeah it was the tidal wave event that's what it was so every every turn uh, these waves would crash over like a whole uh whole area of tile and basically Mm. turn it into water and it was just pushing it it basically cornered you into a map because my mechs couldn't attack in water at all like the only way my mechs could attack would be on land um and then all these like hover animals were uh unearthing themselves and then just hovering like <laughs> directly across the map where i couldn't reach them and i'm like well fuck i don't know what i'm gonna do now dude there was like I an survived. island there was like an island but of buildings tired. out in the water that were just still there and then there was just like a group of flyers just attacking the buildings and it was just like how the fuck <laughs> do i do anything how do i yeah, punch these guys i i, I, I can't reach them <laughs> i don't i don't know what to do dude and then just like you've said before like the fucking the the lady is like how could you let the innocents die you're like well do you want to invest in water research (laughs) yeah that would be nice i think one of the things i learned from the hazardous mech runs i actually did several because i totally bombed several of them um was that you have to be careful about which zones you're picking not just based on the rewards but based on what type of mission it is so like defend the train was just impossible with the hazardous mechs like you would always be hitting the train or like pushing something into the train or like yeah it was just I think I did one of those once and the train just got destroyed. Yeah. Or or like don't That's an interesting the... part too. Well, I was going to say like that that's also an interesting part of the strategy you can also do is the fact that you have these islands with various regions and you can kind of pick and choose what areas you want to go on missions for and like maybe you'll go on a mission solely because it offers power and your generator's low. Um, so you know you want to try and, you know, achieve the power objective for that. Um, but then also, like, as Raphael was mentioning, like, if your mech squad just doesn't mesh well with a certain objective, like, you could completely ignore it and, like, be fine yeah. I think for that entire island. A really a good example of that, actually, is the my favorite squad ever, which is these, like, two flyer planes from the Lightning Squad. Actually, it's basically just... It's not the lightning squad with the guy with the whip, but it's like the smoke lightning cloud. I don't know if you guys have unlocked these, but they're rusting hulks. Uh maybe. Is it is it one is there like a flyer that is kind of like checkers? He he hops over a tile and shoots it on the way over. I'm yeah, that's from the sure. second squad. Okay, that's from the second squad. So they Yeah. They like So okay, that flyer one. The one that it jumps over and then it shoots on the ground as it hops over like checkers and then it creates a cloud and that cloud actually stops attacks so you jump over someone hit them and stop their attacks that's like kind of your core foundation 
and then there's and a your second other dude makes the the smoke cloud deal damage right so then it makes all clouds be lightning and so then i i rolled with that squad for a little bit and i was like this third mech is fucking worthless i don't even remember what he does but i hated him he's like trash so i was like what if i just had two of these flyer guys and then the dude that made like everything like lightning or whatever but what i mean by that tying this back to was the guy that you thought was trash the one that doesn't do any damage but shoots people away in four directions i think so, I think so. Yeah, I would agree. That guy is trash. I hate yeah, that so guy. it turns out you can make a custom squad and replace that guy. And I oh, did. Shit. And fuck that guy. <laughs> Give me another flyer dude that does damage and cancels people's attacks. Um, but to, to tie this back, though, what's really cool is that the dust island, um, the, the desert island, actually, when you hit shit, you create clouds anyways, and those become electric as well. Yeah. So it's like my squad is fucking fire on that island, which is super sick. So it's like I'm always choosing that shit as one of my two before I go to the fucking end. Because so that was, that was the like my second run ever was that squad on that island, and I just lost horribly and it was bad. <laughs> so you should, uh, you, you should try replacing that one guy that sucks with someone who doesn't. Suck. That's <laughs> yeah, my hot take. You might be right. <laughs> no gamer move right there, <laughs> dude. Because the the dude is is the the plane guy is so insane because he not only jumps over someone which is awesome he's not only super mobile which is awesome he not only flies which is awesome but he cancels their attack even if they're melee by shooting a cloud on top of them so you just choose someone you're like you're not attacking that's it and then what you can do is you can spend three uh some things (laughs) i don't even know but those the the energy cells or something on making it so all your clouds do two damage so now you're like shooting all these clouds everywhere and they're doing two damage and it's just it's just a fucking rad place to be. Um and it's it was felt so liberating too because I feel like so many of those squads are they, I don't want to say they're up their own ass, but it's like okay, here's how you win. You push this guy three tiles this way, then down six more tiles, then up three more tiles and then he's off the edge and that's like every piece of the gear that you have on all of your players and like that's the way you're supposed to win. And I'm just too simple for that. I'm like, can I just shoot them? Can you give me the ones that shoot them and then don't shoot anything <laughs> behind them? And they're like, no, we, those don't exist. And I'm like, okay, fuck. Can I, okay, I'll accept shooting things behind them, but just maybe a lot of things that shoot things. You know, like how do I, how do I make damage? The happen? perfect McCoy squad is just three of that guy that just runs up and punches. I know, but then they knock buildings behind. But yeah, yeah. So Dude. with the hazardous mix, you kind of have that as well. With the third one, it doesn't do any damage. It just applies acid and a push. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that really made it work later on was I got a pilot that you could power to have two attacks if you don't move. Hmm. And so that sort of gave me a third attack that did damage. Mm. And that really like salvaged the run. But so also had, like, applying acid one. is like yeah. doing damage. Sometimes. Um, right. I it's mean, like, really inconsistent damage, but it's still damage. It's the potential for damage, yeah. Yeah. But then if you don't execute it on that turn, maybe that's a problem. Yeah. But acid is the shit that I always get baited into in all these games because the potential is super huge. Like I once um I once played Dominion with my friend Koji. I've actually many times played with him. But one time we were drunk <laughs> enough that he wanted to tell me what he thought of my play style, which I was oh my god, it's amazing. He's like, I can always beat you. Every time. What? Why? 
I mean, first of all, this is true. Um, I would consistently <laughs> play second place, and I would just like it was like consistently second place. And not only was he so good at Dominion, he would turn the entire rest of the crew against me as if I had any chance to win. He's literally won like 15 <laughs> sessions in a row every single game, but they still think that I'm the one that they need to like attack. It's no, just, that's not true. They think that you're the one that it's the most hilarious to attack. <laughs> but that's all he's doing. He has created this. He has orchestrated this in your minds. Anyways. Um, Be more charismatic, McCoy. I, I am so kind. It's so reasonable. And everyone's like, what if I just kill McCoy here? Like, but he, he's sitting there and he was fucking like, just like drunk. And he was sitting there like looking at me. And he was just like, I can always beat you. Always. Because you go for the beautiful, well-orchestrated, well-constructed, amazing theoretical deck composition. It's beautiful. It's one you might write a poem about. And he's like, but I play realistic and I kill you and end the game before that happens every single time. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, fuck, dude. I just got red (laughs) shit. But like, that's the shit I go for in this game too. That's why I love acid. I'm like, if I put acid on this guy, I could one shot him. And everyone else is like, yeah, but you can kill him on this turn in a normal way. And I'm like, but what if I did like 19 damage to this one guy with four health? (laughs) How fucking cool would that be? I can see that shit every day. And I think that's kind of my problem with these games is that I I go for the awesome potential um, even though it it never pans out for me and I should have just gone for a workhorse ability, you know, something that you can Mm. get shit done with every round. I feel like that also comes back to bite you though because I have – I was kind of talking about this with James earlier before the podcast, but I'm like a very – I love these kind of games and like tactics, but I often fall into ruts of like being too simplistic (laughs) <laughs> where I'm just like, go and attack, yay! <laughs> and it comes and then back like to bite a turn. me. Yeah, yeah. Well, the game will be like, try doing some more like creative things, and like it'll force you kind of do that. And I'll be like, I'm just going to attack, yay! And then it just doesn't work, and I'm like, this game sucks. <laughs> Why did I smash my dude into an into three of my other guys and a building? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> That's, I feel like so. What's actually crazy about this game is, from a from a simplistic standpoint to a fancy standpoint, it like starts at like fancy. Like the first group that you play is like fancy, and then if you unlock any of the squads, it's like ultra fancy. Like, yeah. there's, you know what I mean? Like, they, no one's yeah, sitting there. Totally. Like, everyone's pushing shit everywhere. Everyone's fucking smashing shit against other things. Everyone's doing chain damage and all sorts of crazy shit. Like, which is fuck. which is kind of cool because it's like. It's forcing you to work with the time limit as well as just kill everything. You know, like it's forcing it's it's forcing you to understand all of the concepts, all of the intricate mechanics of the game, not just I do damage. Um, And like I feel like the beauty of the game lies in the combination of all of those mechanics in order to kind of find the those these really elegant solutions to difficult problems where you like knock one dude into the water and he dies instantly and uh at the same time you're also like setting one guy up to get crushed by your other mech um but uh I suck at that it turns out without Honestly. a lot of <laughs> without a lot of practice you know, that's my problem. Like, you can set up these, like, sick chains or, like, strategies, and it feels so good when they come to fruition. But I just, like, view it as, like, I'm like, oh, I can do a lot of damage on this guy. I'll do that. 
And then meanwhile, like four <laughs> other enemies go unchecked and then start wrecking shit. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but my damage. I think though that it makes this game like really, really fun to play as like an archon. So like two people playing. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like, one person can like be thinking of like the strategies that they feel comfortable with and they can be like, well, what if you did that? Then can like, you'd I can I just real things. quick shout out your saying as as an archon for that <laughs> concept because because <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, uh, dude. For people that don't know archons in StarCraft, you combine two of a different unit to make an archon, and it's like they have the they get bonus superpowers. Yeah, and in fact, they went so meta with this later in the lifetime of StarCraft Two. Um, although it's had a long lifetime. So maybe this is early in lifetime StarCraft 2. They created this mode called Archon Mode where it would be two people playing one race, like like one character. Like imagine like I'm playing StarCraft, I control the Protoss and I'm fighting someone. So it'd be like two people control the Protoss and they're fighting two other people who control the Zerg. Um, and they called it Archon Mode. So it's just like, it was honestly, Archon Mode was amazingly fun. Oh my God. It was so fun. It Because it, it, when you play StarCraft, you always have this ideal in your mind of like, if I didn't have to worry about macroing, like making all my units and focusing on pylons or whatever else, my micro, like individually controlling my units would be amazing. And it'd be so clean and so beautiful. And then at the same time, you're like, if I didn't have to focus on controlling my units, like fucking at my base organization would be so beautiful and so elegant. So in Archon mode, you just like split those tasks and then both of you just make like the most elegant, like super clean version you possibly can it's amazingly fun um cool but yes sorry so archon mode for this game absolutely i think i think you're i think you're totally right on the money Raphael. i feel like i would have i would have been both better at this game and had more fun if i was playing with somebody else Mm -hmm. it helps it i feel like it helps slow you down i also think it helps that, like they can consider different things um they might have tendencies that you notice like maybe gabe's going for damage and i'm just trying to talk him out of it when i see a bad <laughs> i was gonna say mccoy when you were talking uh about you guys playing and the wind earlier i was just having flashbacks to you to us doing kind of an archon play of uh of dark souls and then your position mm-hmm. being overtaken by the halberd <laughs> It's not okay. So it was me listening okay. to the halberd <laughs> and not no. to you. That's like not even that's like that's like you rejected my, the host. You're like, let's archon for a second, then you found the halberd and you're like, fuck it, I'm archoning with this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the wind guy's my halberd. Yeah. Dude, oh my fucking god. There was actually a moment in like Zoe's been playing Dark Souls and and we, we've been trying to fucking I guess you could say Archon that game and it was there's a moment where she gets the halberd and her just like giddy fucking like oh my god oh my god can I put this thing on Gabe has told me about this thing this thing's amazing and I was like sitting there like I'll walk I'll fucking I'll close Discord right now if, if you fucking dare use the halberd I swear to because let me tell you why Gabe and I guess you can hear this too Zoe but here's why the halberd sucks because it does not have a beauty in the diversity of movesets and toolkits available. You have one move, it's bonk them on the head from a ridiculous distance. And this is why Koji beats you every time. No, exactly. But, but fuck that, because here's what I'm saying. It's fucking bullshit. No, it's fucking bullshit. Because 
in when, because it's like the range on the halberd is kind of just outside where the enemies are smart enough to deal with it so you just kill like 90% of the enemies by just like bonking them with perfect spacing and you learn nothing you learn nothing your, your you play learn grows spacing. zero yeah okay that's you learn true. spacing that's actually true you learn spacing and you learn timing and you learn how to piss me the fuck off um, <laughs> to me, McCoy, it just sounds like you're the guy being like, no, you can't just use a halberd for everything. And me just sitting there going, ha, halberd goes burr. <laughs> I mean, no, but because like. I'm going to make that <sighs> meme of the woman screaming at the cat, and it's going to be McCoy. <laughs> you can't just use a halberd. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. You don't learn the Instagram beauty of the week. game. Oh, my God. It's not. No, because you don't, though. That's the thing. For instance, we're, right now we're using the longsword. The longsword has a great variety of different moves you could use in different scenarios. It's got a beautiful running attack that you can use to start a fight. It's got a, a heavy attack that's a really nice linear poke with actually quite a bit of range if you need that. With a quick follow-up, that's nice. It also has light attacks, which are somewhat AOE, and they could hit multiple people in front of you. You can deal with a lot of different scenarios, and how you choose to navigate that move set is how you grow as a player. And then the halberd, just watching Gabe, he was using a sword, by the way, until he picked that fucking thing up. It was actually crazy. He was learning, he was growing, it was beautiful. And then he just starts, he's like, you know, you could just use, and then do literally every game afterwards, even after when they had nerfed the halberd and it wasn't as good anymore. And I could see it on his face. He's like, this isn't as fun anymore. Why can't I just one shot at anyone? I'm like, you deserve this. You deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Dark Souls 2 where like the halberd wasn't quite as good and you're like, I I'm, I missed that one move I kept using and I'm like, yeah, you fucking do. Yeah, you fucking do. <laughs> Where's the rest of your toolkit? Anyway, sorry. um, Tangent. But I think the wind might be the halberd here. Like, <laughs> That's the point I was getting to. <laughs> no, it's true. But dude, Archon mode for this game is really, really, really fun. Like it's, um, it's really nice and it's similar to like Baba's You when we played that together. That's what you were saying earlier. So I totally agree mm. with you. Like, that sort of like joint problem solving, I think really adds and it puts a lot of the pressure off of you to be like absolutely perfect with your thought process and allows you to just be like, cool, like, like I'm thinking this, what are you guys thinking? And then they see an obvious hold of that and then they say something that you see an obvious hold of that, but then maybe you come together yeah. on something that makes more sense. And that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, like even just like the one the one move on uh, Into the Breach that I was making that you, that I just like briefly shared my screen for and you were just like, I really got to help Raphael with his audio. And I was like, no, <laughs> fucking help me. <laughs> so, like, but like, even just like that brief moment of just having somebody there to be like, yeah, that's a good move. Or like, no, you didn't really think about this if you do it that way. Or like, yep, maybe you do need to end up sacrificing your unit in this turn. Like, I don't know. That's always just nice to also have just that uh, that confirmation of thought sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, it, but it's cool because like I on that exact turn, despite me have played way too many hours of this game, I remember like the first time we ran through it, we just like, we killed everything. And I was like, okay. Um, even with our Archon, we killed everything. And then it was like, but we learned like, oh, okay, actually, no, this guy has a little bit more health than we thought. Like we can actually, we just need to do this slightly differently. It needs to be this mech that needs to be there. And so it's like, as long as you don't like tilt at each other, which I don't know why any of us would tilt at each other, but like as long as you can like solve these things together and like have like both take responsibility for the mistakes and both take responsibility for the successes in a way that I think is cool. And it's just like, I don't know. I always, I think that's just like, that may be true of all Archon modes of all games, but I think it's like a really cool, fun thing to like be sharing. Mm. 
like someone else's experience and then taking responsibility, like trying to help them too, like make sure that if you see something going wrong, you tell them, you know, and then you like, because you, you both want to succeed. And then if something goes wrong, you're like both caught out. Because um, I think that's, I think that's really cool. Like, um, like I could see another world of Archon mode. And I think this was what would happen if Gabe came over to my house and I was playing this game, which by the way, Gabe did come over my house one time when I was playing this game. I'm like, hey, do you want to play with me? And he was like, no. <laughs> that was like six months ago. <laughs> which I appreciate your ability to communicate in that instance. What you desired, it did not. Thanks, um, man. <laughs> You're welcome, man. Good for you. <laughs> but it's but it's funny because like I could see if I had actually forced you to play this game with me, if I had not turned it off, if I had instead been like, "Hey, man, sit down." I could see you being like, just silent. I make a decision, blow everything up, then just being like, "You fucked it up." <laughs> like that would have been your only contribution. Absolutely. It was just oof. Everyone could have saw that coming. Like fuck, Gabe, why don't you say something? But yeah. Oh. I mean, it's awesome. also just kind of like realistic though, because like. In a lot of cases, at least nowadays, you don't really have one person making like these kind of decisions. You would have like two mm. or a, a collective of people, so you can like bounce these ideas off of each other and just have like a meeting of the minds of like, let's let's figure out like a a primo strategy. Yeah, I love that shit. I might be the biggest proponent ever for like, because have you guys ever heard of a game called Endless Space? Nope. Cool. Me neither. Um, <laughs> I was just immediately thinking of Endless Ocean for some reason, and I don't think Fantastic that's Fantastic choice. <laughs> no, so yeah. what is Endless Space, McCoy? So Endless uh, Space... Oh, have you heard of it, Raphael? It's a 4X game, right? Yes. Now, um, quiz, pop quiz, um, because we like all of our guests to be uncomfortable. What do the 4Xs stand for? And I, knowledge check! <laughs> gamer check. Is it a capital G or a little g? Tell us now. Um Actually, You're not know. a real you know? gamer, Does anyone girl. know? I actually don't know. <clears throat> it's like expand. explore, expand. I, I don't remember the other two. Yeah. Execute, Just... attack with an X. Exterminate. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the premise of those is it's like they're kind of like I guess like like civilization. Uh, ah, explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Whoa, exploit. Ooh. Gabe was right on one of those. Yeah. He is a true gamer. <laughs> Exterminate. We're sending capital. I don't know. It just around. sounds it sounds futury. Yeah. It does. It's like what all the aliens shout when they come to attack humans. They're like, it's time to exterminate yeah. you. Or robots. Yeah. So so it's one of those games. And I think the, so the premise of those is like you start with a small colony and you expand by, you know, going off into in this case the universe, but in other games, maybe it's the the world that you're on, right? It can be a smaller scale or bigger scale. I just I just happen to love the ones that are universe scale personally. Like even though if you look at a game and its mechanics, and this happens all the time, especially I, so at the time I was actually looking for a 4X game. Cause I was like, I kinda wanna learn one of these. They seem really complicated. Some people really like them. I'm kinda interested in this. You know, I don't know, I'm Jones and Ford a little, so let's try it. And you look them up and they always say like, oh yeah, this company's made like four of these different games and there's different settings for all of them. And this one has the best mechanics. Like this one's the most fun. Like the systems in the game are the best. And I totally understand looking at it that way, but I just couldn't. I wanted one in space. That's it. Like I wanted the lore to be in space, even though it might not have been as fun, I guess, as the one that was on land somewhere. I just wanted it wanted it to be in space because um, I like ships and I like ships shooting each other. It's awesome. Uh, and, and like watching like the backdrop of a planet, you know, that's like or like a sun, right? That's illuminating the gap. It's awesome. So anyways, um, <laughs> Have you heard of Mass Effect? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, actually, though, but Mass in Effect, space, though, 
Yeah, right? But is Mass Effect really in space or is it just on No, land? it's These all the in your mind. I pose for you. Yeah. <laughs> dude, but but Mass Effect actually it's hinted at one dude at... just like jacking it like, yeah. And then there's these blue chicks. <laughs> <laughs> they're all bi and they need men to uh, to like propagate but from other species like humans oh yeah james is a true gamer <laughs> he's playing <laughs> james, james we have we have a new sound clip for you that you haven't heard before but i think it applies here go to therapy okay um <laughs> shout out to claire for that sound clip okay um what? No, I How just, do I... I just, I just think that Mass Effect is all like one male fantasy, like taken <laughs> to the extreme. But, but it's in yeah. space. But it's in space though, so it's McCoy's male fantasy. <laughs> you know, if you had given me this perspective of Mass Effect before we jumped into the series, I think I could have gone one thumb up higher. I think it's just one star you get to here. If I had realized it was meant for me and my fantasy, but in space, yeah. my god. No, good. no, no. It's it's your fantasy because it's in space. Right. Right. Or can it not be both? Yeah. Can it not be my fantasy in space? I don't know. Anyways, holy shit. Um, I do think that uh, there is actually a 4X-esque system in Mass Effect. The the sort of the, I don't know, I want to call it battle points, but it's like the, the points you get in three that like, you know, you... We picked up this fucking random squad that's just part of the fucking Alliance fleet, but they're just hiding behind a sun somewhere because they just don't want to fight anyone. <laughs> and so you you picked them up and you brought them to fucking your your base and they're like thanking you, even though secretly they're like, why can't you just leave us here? Um, but yeah, like that where you get all the systems and all the points and all these things adding up. It's like that menu started to approach what I what I feel like a 4X game is trying to get at, but it never really like realized it in a way like you didn't like need to get certain subsections of like i need to really get this particular type of fleet or i need to get uh this particular uh alien race on my side so i'm really going to work on them in particular but a forex game does a lot of that stuff where it's it's a beautiful backdrop to a ton of really complex menus and a lot of complex systems like you're exploring the planets around you and you're like harvesting resources and then you're building like researching technology that takes multiple turns so that you can do things like travel to other galaxies so you can do things like trade with other alien species and it's like all these different uh systems back and forth um but basically it's a fantastic archon game because it's super complex and super dense and it's it allows a lot of personality to be put into it and that's what I love about the Archon perspective of it because I'm sitting there going, well, this this seems kind of optimal to me. And I was playing with Keenan and he was like, yeah, but we should kill those guys. Like, just like, fuck those guys. When, when, when they just like entered our territory and attacked one of our settlements and like we, then we made peace. Like, I know you spent 10 turns making peace with them so we could stop the war. But now that we have a fleet, I, I think we should just kill them. Like, and you're like, that doesn't seem optimal. And he's like, yeah, but fuck them, dude. <laughs> So that's like an added element of Archon mode where he just wants these people to die. And you're like, okay, well, I I could roll with this. We could kill these guys. Um so anyways, that was a long story. But yeah, Archon mode. That's like that's a really it's a really great example of one that I've I've played that was like really fun to play with two people because it's so complicated and there's so many things you're doing over so many turns. I mean, hours and hours and hours. I mean, sometimes it'll be like a 20-hour game and you'll be trying to execute on something you were thinking about doing at hour 3 and you've been slowly building on it. So it's nice to have someone to remember and be like Hold on, weren't we actually working on this planet over there? How's that going? Oh, cool, I've totally abandoned it and they're about to attack it. Like, I should probably send someone over. So it's really nice to, like, have someone for these, like, strategy games 
to like help cover the bases for you and just like just look at it with a different set of eyes um like so much so okay Raphael, that's too crazy but I, I actually combine this with the concept of pair programming and just like pair work mm -hmm. in general like some of these big tech companies will literally pay two of the most highest salaried motherfuckers out there to work together and have only one of them code at all because they feel that two people working on it is actually better than one or than than each individually going and doing work like is that a similar thing to archon mode in these games yeah i mean i think that's like archon mode for programming is that something that people actually do out there in the real world or is that just like a fad that went through just like agile <laughs> uh i mean a little a little of both it was a fad it has stuck around and some people really make it work I, I've never done it, but I have heard good and bad things. <laughs> Dude, it could be like a bad It sounds like the sort now. of thing that if you have a really good connection and you like find a great working uh, relationship with somebody, you can get a lot more done. Um, yeah, I think it also depends a lot on like <clears throat> the particulars of your environment for programming yeah. like it depends on like what what are you waiting on like if you're waiting on like tests to run the second person there is not not going to help you much yeah um, totally except totally. for keeping your sanity while they play pool with you or something in the in the hallway right <laughs> if there's a lot of like you need to look through documentation and figure out like what is that one function you need to call that will do everything for you then a second person can help a lot actually yeah yeah because I've only rarely pair programmed in my life, um, but it's similar to pair problem solving and all sorts of things. They, I, it doesn't have to be programming exactly. It's just problem solving in, in a pair. But it's like, I find that, I don't know if it's just me. Like it probably is just me, dude. But like, if I'm really focused on something, like a problem, I, I will oftentimes, unless I'm absolutely fully attentive and fully dialed in, I'll make like a small mistake that I normally wouldn't make because I'm focusing on something bigger. And that small yeah. mistake, even if it's just a typo or something that isn't that's going to immediately be caught by the system, like the the catching it, recognizing where it is, finding it again, like all that shit is just completely smoothed over by a second person who just sees it immediately. Oh like it's yeah, obvious. totally. Like oh yeah, when I was when I was taking math classes and writing proofs, mm. uh, I always loved working with somebody else because I would be like finding like connections between shit, and they'd be like, wait, 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 wait this is how we have to write this so that it doesn't suck <laughs> so that it's correct. <laughs> that makes sense. And, and, um, I think, I think that, uh, like that, like finding, finding that, that mesh really works for, for problem solving in general, regardless of what the medium is. Um, yeah. yeah. So, does anybody else, I actually do have a list of, of other things I wanted to talk about in this game, but does anyone else have anything they want to they wanna jump on? I feel like we've hit a lot of the stuff here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, down, I'm down to just quickly mention, like, I've never really been a huge fan of grid-based tactic games like this. Um, it's just... Um, it might be partly due to lack of experience with them. Like I never really played them as a kid. I never really played them 
as a young adult and so playing them as an adult just i i don't have a lot of um touchstones or or experience um and i know that that can make things more difficult and just less fun because you have less muscle memory or or the mental equivalent of muscle memory um i guess that's just memory <laughs> uh, but um i definitely i think that this is the most fun one that i've played but i prefer other like i i i enjoyed like ftl more than this because the the rapper was the same as we talked about before um but the the meat of the game was something that i gelled with more Mm -hmm. um yeah i do you think james and anyone for that matter when i look at this game i feel like in some ways it is like it's like an important game for the genre almost and and maybe but i don't know the genre super super well but at least from my understanding of it it feels very important because it feels like to me at least i i I can't see myself not missing certain features from this game moving to another one in the genre like if they added in some randomness in a place that they didn't have in this game or if they didn't explain to you the order with which the enemies attacked or if they didn't let you you know move and then like chart things out a little bit more fluidly like i feel like i would miss all of these components like i i I feel like whether or not like i absolutely like loved this game like more than anything i do think it showed me so many cool ways to do this style of game that i almost feel like it's dooming its brethren like can i just go and play another tactics game that doesn't have as much clarity as this maybe but i i probably will miss a lot of this stuff does anyone else feel that way about this game yeah I think so. Um, in a way, it doesn't feel like games that you could draw parallels to. Like it, it feels like a game that I've never played anything else really like. Mm. Even though I played like Invisible Ink and I've played Overwatch, and I've played chess. Like it's somewhere in between all of those, but it just feels right. really different and new. Sorry, you said Overwatch. <laughs> Did you mean uh, XCOM? <laughs> XCOM. Yeah. That is such an amazing it, slip it, too, it, because that is exactly how you play do XCOM. Overwatch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's actually, like the, a move in XCOM. Does any has anyone played XCOM two? Anyone in here played XCOM two? Yeah, I've played. Okay, so is that enemy unknown? Um, Colon enemy yes. unknown. Yeah, I didn't play that game. Maybe. Uh, all I can tell you is that in XCOM one, you could Overwatch. Actually, it's Carl. XCOM one enemy unknown. XCOM oh. two is just XCOM two. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Facts. Um. And then there's another one, Chimera Squad. doesn't matter. But the point is that I'm trying to make is that in the original XCOM, you could uh, Overwatch crawl. as I guess what I would term it myself, which is where, like, if you were entering uncertain territory, you could, instead of running or sprinting, uh, which would leave you vulnerable to an attack, you wouldn't be able to shoot afterwards. Um, you could, like, go your maximum movement in one action, and then you could Overwatch, and you could just kind of, like, have everyone kind of methodically Overwatch crawling up the map into areas. And there wasn't anything that stopped you time wise it wasn't like hey like you need to go because i mean maybe in certain scenarios but most of the time you could just slowly and methodically work your way through a map and they clearly tried to solve this for xcom 2 by making every single mission like timed like really aggressively um 
like one of the first mods that came out ever for XCOM 2 was just I added more turn timers because this is some bullshit. Um, <laughs> and they might have changed that themselves later in their in their uh, patch cycle. But what's really interesting is that like they did in fact solve the idea of I could no longer Overwatch crawl. Um, but I fucking hated that. Like I hated how rushed that game mm. made me feel and how it made me run into scenarios where people would just die for free because I had to run. Um, and I just, so anyways, I just, I, I mentioned all that because it's funny that, that someone could even slip the mind and call XCOM Overwatch because at least in the first one, that is all I did was Overwatch <laughs> every fucking turn, every fucking player, every fucking movement. And, and I think that's still how I approach XCOM to this day is just Overwatch crawl. Yeah. It's what's up, bro. Dude, how satisfying is it when when you like you find someone around the corner, they run out and like nine people shoot at them like, fuck yeah. Like, my, my favorite were like the uh, the escort missions that you had to do. You had to like escort a scientist to some like extraction point. And so I would do the Overwatch crawl that way, just creating this like four man barrier around like the scientist. And then it would always have these like thin men that would just like pop out from the sky, except like, like <laughs> he fall from the sky and like just nine people just shoot him down yeah. immediately. and what's hilarious too is like three out of your four people are definitely missing but like one person and like so, so all you hear is this like you like unison chorus of like damn and then just one guy's like oh yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh xcom's wonderful i'm sorry Raphael, if i derailed you really hard but i, I would it, it's funny though i would be down to like do a playthrough of xcom like watching somebody else play and like being on a call with them but i i don't think i'd want to play it by myself <laughs> really james this yeah. might be your style and depending on which it's just not in, it's yeah. not my style man mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's um, fun though i mean i might i might like it more i mean i might like it if i was the person controlling it and i had other people to chat with and like think about things with as well mm -hmm. um but outside of Archon mode, I don't think this is my style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... I, I've also found that games like this, like specifically Into the Breach, but other games, I thought we'd consider XCOM a little bit less so, but, but, but maybe it's in the similar vein. These games that require a lot of, like, patience and thought, um, I love them and I love that challenge, but I am not always up for it, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not always in the right mind space for it and i think this game really showed that to me today um where i just fucking played bad today like i was doing things that i would never recommend anyone do <laughs> like making the first move out of my turn and then figuring out from there for no reason like i wasn't pressured but i would just be like all right so this guy attacks that seems obvious and that is such a trap um but it like shows you that about yourself like oh sh i'm kind of like i'm kind of like God, these are happening. <laughs> Actually, Sorry, yeah, I just this recommended is... James no, to play good. Mario Rabbids because it's an XCOM game. <laughs> no. Actually, it's really interesting, though. That game is really cool. And one of the things that they do is they really simplify the randomness of your uh, chance to hit. It's like you can either take a 50-50 or 100% of the chance of their flank. There's there's nothing else, I think, is, is how that works, if I recall mm. it correctly, which was cool. They, they made it very, a lot more clear, like, what you could... What what you'd be getting yourself into if you shoot someone from this like certain tile, 
Yeah, it's like cool. XCOM, but better. <laughs> I don't know if it's better. I couldn't get over the aesthetic, man. People love the aesthetic because it's like Mario and Rabbids or something like that. I don't even think I love <laughs> Dude, Mario and I definitely don't love the Rabbids. So. <laughs> I bought it in Japan be- because I was like, this looks wacky. <laughs> Dude, I, I love Mario, but I don't love Rabbids like at all. I think you and a lot of people, James. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they play rabbits in this game like they're like the fucking minions from whatever the fuck that movie is potentially minions i don't know what but oh yeah well because uh uh rabbits came from rayman and like yeah. who the fuck remembers rayman anymore Dude. everyone just remembers the rabbits <laughs> yeah but i don't remember the rabbits like fondly like ah oh, if only i could have them in my XCOM, then i'd be happy like <laughs> It's like they, they uh, yes, the shitty characters no one liked from that game that was okay. No, it's like they're just border. Like it's actually sitting there, and I'm like, it's one of those things where okay, I sometimes like have like a little bit of like repulsion to things that some people love. Like if things are like really, really extra cute, sometimes I can't handle it. I'm like, I don't think I like this. This is like too cute for me. And these guys aren't cute, but I have a similar repulsion to them. Like, oh, these guys are just way overplaying the stupidness of rabbits, and I, I don't really like it. And I just, whenever I feel like that, I'm like, ah, oh, some people out there love this, so I need to be quiet about it, but I just hate this. I hate <laughs> it so much. What the fuck? Dude, that's like that's like me and Don't Starve. Woo, really? Oh, no. Like the, oh, the no. Not, not the game, but the art style of Don't Starve. I just cannot handle it. Oh, no. Can we get a small little battle between Raphael and James here? Because James on a deliberation episode recently said I would like No, he 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 vetoed Don't Starve if I recall correctly because recently style... it was like it was like a year ago. Spooky, now. It was the spooky game really month close to a year ago now. So recently. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, recently. Okay. Recently I said I said let's not play that game cuz I can't stand how it looks. <laughs> So, and I don't want to look at it. So, Raphael, tell us a little bit about your history with Don't Starve. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, I mean, so I played the Don't Starve, the like single-player version, a lot first. Um, and I like delved a little bit into mods for it. Because um, like one of the things that really occurred to me immediately was like, I want to be able to see what my actual health is. Because like I know a spider does 20 damage when it hits, for example. So it matters a lot whether my health is above or below 20. Um, so there's like a mod that like makes it so you always see your health. Um, then when they came out with Don't Starve Together, which is like the multiplayer version of it, uh, I started porting some mods over for it so I could use them. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up making a bunch of mods for Don't Starve Together. Reasonable. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just knew this tidbit about Raphael and just hearing James just just attack Don't Starve is just so hilarious to me because I'm like, we literally have like the most distinguished, like potentially the most credible Don't Starve expert that we will ever get on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and so it's like- And to I'm the just like, that, I don't know, I don't like how it looks. <laughs> it's to the extent that like people recognize me in other games. Like I had someone in Valorant be like, yo, dude, I love your work and Don't Starve. What? I was like, no what? way that's sick <laughs> so okay. that's awesome. awesome so the way i had heard it the way you told it to me and i don't know if this is true but um the way you told it to me is you made a mod that yeah it announces your health if you like all click on the health bar to like announce it to all the players uh so it's like yeah. but you do it in lore like you use their voice 
Like you wrote yeah. lines for these characters to make it so it fits in the game. Yeah. So in Don't Starve, like uh, every character can like examine an item um, and they like say things when various events happen. Like when the hounds are barking, uh, they'll be like, oh, the hounds are coming. But like each of them has a different way of saying these things. And so uh, one of the mods I did was like, you can alt click on your health and you'll announce it in chat to other other players. Um, and I really liked the writing of the game. So I was like, I'll write the lines for the characters separately. So they each like announce their health in their own way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Just a quick question. No reason Damn. this is just coming straight off the, the top here. What do you think of the art style? <laughs> <laughs> I am I am deeply wounded that James does not enjoy it. But uh, yeah, it. I love the art style. Fair enough. I mean, maybe it just comes from like having grown up with like various Tim Burton films and stuff. And it's kind of in line with that. And like Edward Gorey's mm. art style. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's funny. I love Edward Gorey's art style. I don't like Tim Burton. Interesting. Yeah. This is I'm just be... I'm just losing friends left and right. This is gonna be our first. <laughs> it's gonna be our first one star review on iTunes. It's just gonna be like one star review of James. <laughs> Dude, our most recent review is literally just someone being like, James is the fucking best. And every time I look at that. <laughs> It's like I want to be a better person than I am because I always look at that and be like, come on. I don't get a shout out. What? I <laughs> James is great, but like, come on, man. Like every time it just, oh, it gets me. Oh, it hurts, man. But listen, man. You're is it my dad? Yeah. Is it my dad's review? Yeah, it's your dad's review. But I wasn't going to yeah, say it. Yeah, it's my dad's <laughs> review. <laughs> Dude, but there was a solid week in there where I didn't know it was your dad's review and I swear to God, it's like, because you know, there's some people talk about these different yeah. theories of how to be a creative and how to approach yeah. other creatives and how to, you know, you want to celebrate and you want to work together and you don't need to, it doesn't need to be feast uh, uh, or famine, I guess I should say. It doesn't have to be a famine mindset, you know, like, like James can be a great podcast uh, member and so can I, but it's like, there's this part of me that I guess is like nine still that's just like, fuck. Another positive thing they have to say about James. God damn it. Um, we're happy to have you back. Okay, cool. I think we'll rate this game and get out of here. Um, cool. Let's actually start with... Okay, so let me explain the rating system a little bit because it's actually ridiculously dense, I swear, because no one can do it right. And Raphael's a guest and has never heard it before. So basically, here's what we got, right? Going from uh, top to bottom, right? We've got a golden star. That's something you can give to a game that really speaks to your soul. Like this is a game that you just think is 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 separate from the herd, if you would, uh, for whatever reason that means to you. Um, then there's a two thumbs up, which means it's a really, really great game. Uh, one thumb up, good game, solid game. Uh, no thumbs, which is sort of like, ah, middling. Ah, I, I, I can't quite give it a positive review. And then there's thumbs down, which is very rarely used, but is essentially the gaming re review equivalent of like a middle finger <laughs> or something. Like the fact that I took time on this game makes me want to abandon this timeline. Um, so, <laughs> which hey, it's happened. So cool. Relevant. Relevant. James, you have been gone for so long. Do you think you remember how to review a game and can you grace us with it first? Uh, yeah, so I'll give this game a 37. Uh, no, 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 just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pulling an Adam. Rest his soul. God rest his soul. No. <laughs> yeah. 
no, I think this game gets a one thumb up. Uh, it's a really cool game. It's got some really awesome stuff going for it. Um, I didn't give it the amount of time that it deserves, but I think that I couldn't give it that in a week where I was on vacation. Um, and, uh, I don't, it's not really my, like, I can appreciate it, but it's not the kind of game that I really enjoy digging into. Um, but yeah, so one thumb up, uh, my time with it was fun. Awesome. Um, Gabe, what about you? This is maybe, I don't see you like these sorts of games, but it also feels like at the same degree, a little outside of your wheelhouse too. Yeah. I think that's more of a flaw on my part than like the game. Cause I mean, the game knows what it is and I think it did. Mm-hmm. It did what it wanted very well. However, I am just a stupid person who <laughs> falls into the ruts <laughs> and is like, I do same thing and I get rewarded. But then when the game is like, you can't do that. I say, what the fuck? You just quit, uninstall. Exactly, that's uninstall. Um, no, I think this game is very, you know, I, I want to say unique, but not in the sense, because there's a lot of, like, you know, tactical turn-based games out there. But I do, at least to me, this one is unique in that it's very clear-cut about what it is and, like, what you do per turn. Because, for like, we kept referencing XCOM, where it's like, Okay, you can attack this guy, but then there's like, you know, randomness involved. Um, where it'll be like, maybe you can't get the hit, or I don't know, some crazy uh environmental effect will happen or something. Um or the like the alien won't have a chance that they just negate the attack or something, who knows? But this game is very just like I attack this guy and I'll do damage. Or I can do this move and I'll knock him over one space. So you can kind of plan these uh, strategies around that um, and can come up with some pretty intricate things. But at its core, it's very simplistic and you can kind of like fall back on that. It, for me personally, at least, you know, you can just like kind of go back to that mindset of like, okay, it's pretty straightforward. Um, and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate that. It kind of has this retro look and that it was made by a small team. Um, I watched an interview with them uh, very briefly, but it was kind of cool that there was two guys that like, or two of the guys that worked on it, um, like had to move to China for work. And then once they got kind of like their footing, they quit their jobs and spent like a year living off of savings to work on what became FTL and then onto this game. So I got to give them props to that. Um, so minus my own shortcomings, I think they did the game really well. It knows what it is. One thumb up from me. Nice. Um, maybe I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, I've, so I've played this game a lot when it came out because it, it definitely made a splash amongst a certain set of circles like maybe not you know the widespread but it definitely was like yo this is a puzzle game where you can like solve it in in a way that's like really cool um and i played a lot when it first came out and i really 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 enjoyed it um 
just I just enjoyed working on it, and I definitely archon with it a lot. I I, I know Keenan at one point came over. That's maybe I don't know a year ago or something or more or whatever, and we just sat on my big like TV and we were just pointing at the screen like well like something you could only do physically like hey what if this piece moves here and then he can shoot over this guy and attack this thing. This is like really fun to be able to like stand and point. Um, it was also cool because it's like a standing desk too, which I know that sounds like a, such a, why does that matter? But standing at your command station while like ordering like mechs to like save the world is actually super badass. Um, it's like you're at like a- <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of one one interesting thing yeah. that I learned about this game. Sorry for interrupting. No, Lore. <clears throat> uh, they watched movies like Pacific Rim and they were like, man, when these mechs fight aliens- an entire city is destroyed and everyone is like, yay, the mm -hmm. mechs won. But like an entire city is destroyed. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this, they wanted to make that the consequences of your actions matter. Mm -hmm. And scold you. And it was very effective, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it hits sorry, a skyscraper, sorry, it says McCoy. 145 people dead, and it's just like, well... I'm upset, but that makes sense. <laughs> Dude, it, this game is like one step away from just like hitting a fucking like unskippable slow motion cutscene where it just scrolls through every face you've killed. Like just <laughs> every time yeah, you take for real. damage. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that was in the beta and they took it out. Anyways, um, yeah, like I, I, I really enjoy the process of this game. I enjoy when I am up to play this game, up for playing this game. I am not always up for playing this game, um, which is why like, I, which is why I love Deathmatch and Valorant, which is so silly. Like people have like said what they want to say about it, but I love on the days where I'm not feeling good enough, like just dialed in enough to like play a competitive game. I can like sit back and play Deathmatch and practice my skills, but not necessarily have any downside to being not good. Just, 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 just work on the kinks and practice. So this is one of those games that like is not that it's maybe you could play it that way. I can't because I just... I want to have fun with relaxing and playing this game, but I don't because I kill everyone all the time. So like, that's not fun for me. So it's one of those games you gotta be dialed in for, but when I am dialed in, I really enjoy it. I think there's a lot to learn. And I think it has a number of those moments where you're like, oh my God, I can do that. Like for the first time I ever realized I could stand one of my mechs behind them as if a wall and smash my own, like basically smash the uh, bug or something into my mech. You know, and like that's what I needed to do to get him over the line of like four damage, whereas before I could do three or something, and that would kill him this turn. Like, there's like some cool shit like that. You're like, whoa, that's actually weird. Like, I like that. Um, I wouldn't have thought of that. It seems, I, yeah, hurting my own mech to do this, this is strange, but yeah. So I think at the end of the day, especially returning to it, like, I think I'm satisfied with this game. Like, I think I don't need to play it anymore. Um, and it definitely hasn't got me like fully in love. Like, this isn't one of those like Golden Star games to me, I don't think. But I do think having played it so many hours that I have and having had all these archives, like playing with Raphael and beating it on his fucking first run and having him just like literally put me to shame like that. Um, <laughs> it was all in a good way. Dude. In a good way. <laughs> Dude. I, oh, God. It's, um, I think it's like a tooth. It's a really solid two thumbs up for me. I would very much recommend this to people who are into this type of game if they want to spend the time or the mental uh, effort to dedicate to learning and playing this game. It has a lot to offer, I think. And it's really, really... I think it's really cool once once you learn the UI, it can be confusing at first, but once you learn it, you realize it's communicating so much information to you and it's allowing you to just take your time and, and make the, the quote right decision. Uh, so that stuff's cool. So I think two thumbs up from me. Um, did we do enough rounds, Rafael, where you understand what's going on? Could you rate this game? 
Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a little bit torn between two thumbs up and gold star um, mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, this game is really interesting to me, and I'm, like, almost mad at myself that I didn't jump on it sooner. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, on the other hand, like, I agree with you that there's an aspect to it where it's, like, you have to be in the right mood. Like, it's not just a game you can just be like, okay, I'm going to go play some Into the Breach. You have to be like, this is Into the Breach time. I'm going to, like, devote my entire mental faculties to it. Um, and, yeah, so I guess for me it's a little too early to tell if it's a game that I'll, like, keep returning to and being like, man, I wish that there were more games like this. Um, but it's definitely... it definitely has a feeling to it that's unlike anything else I've really played. Um, I guess I'll give it two thumbs up. Um, yeah. Awesome. And Zoe, what did you think? Um, I'm going to probably give it... I'll give this game one thumb up. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I know like prior to playing it this week... Um, I think it was like recommended like, oh, you just need to play like an hour to get a grasp of the game. And I would actually argue it might even take a little bit longer than an hour just to fully grasp like the strategy around what you need to do to have successful runs. Um, And hard agree on the, you know, you need to be in the right mindset. I mean, yesterday when I pulled this game up, um, it was, you know, after a long Sunday I had spent my entire mental faculty playing Dark Souls and rocking at it. Um, (laughs) So then when I... uh, (laughs) There we go. Um, YouTube playthrough coming soon. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But really, though? Yeah. Actually, yeah, actually. Oh, shit. We are, you know, on the Tyranny of Thumbs YouTube channel, we will be uh, uploading Zoe Learns Dark Souls YouTube content, so you can see how well I can rock that shit. Um, I'm excited. But anyway, the point is, I was mentally exhausted, and I was like, I'll just sit back and launch this game to have this nice little strategy game for a Sunday evening. I curled up in a blanket with my tea, even though it was 85 degrees outside, so I was sweating, but it was fine. Um... But then I I launched this game and then just got absolutely destroyed every round. Like, I barely made it to the second island last night, you know, and that was after maybe about three or four attempts. Um, So it was uh, like, it's definitely a game that demands a lot from you. I agree with James, like... I'll probably play this game again, but I might just play it on easy just to have a little bit of leniency with Mm -hmm. like allowing my brain to derp a little bit. Um, (laughs) And I I feel like I will have a a more uh, a more enjoyable time if I play it on an easier mode. I can't see myself ever playing this on hard mode for the life of me like. I probably never will even try just because I just don't want to deal. Um, but overall, like it, it's a fun game. It's got a great soundtrack to it as you're playing. That makes you feel kind of epic. Um, I really find the art style uh, intriguing. The art style is deceptively simplistic. Um, and I think that's also kind of what 
keyed into my mind feeling a little lax where I'm like, huh, it's these little pixel bugs. What can they do? Murder 350 people. Yes. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they can do. Um, but yeah, uh, one thumb up for me, though. I, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Now that I'm finally grasping after, you know, three hours of playing it, um, and I'm having a good run currently, so I will probably boot it up again to see that run through. Um, but, like, I can't see myself just, like, every night being, like, all right, into the breach, let's go. Like, no. Yeah, I'm tired from a that, long day of work. Let's me. play Into the Breach. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. This has been a fun podcast. Thank you, Raphael, for guesting um, and for just putting James in his place about the art style of Don't Starve. Um, yeah <laughs> I've learned my lesson I'm wrong uh, I guess what I'll say is that um, next week it seems like we're going to be doing some deliberations episodes um, and I was tempted of joking that we're going to say we're going to play Fall Guys because that's what everyone else on the internet's fucking doing but we're not playing Fall Guys okay I'm okay unless you make a really good case in deliberations episodes I'm not doing golf with your friends again um, I have played Fall Guys I did play with Cameron and Raphael and let me tell you something it was excruciating um <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so oh, dear. I'm not I don't I don't have fun, okay? I don't okay. Anyway, sorry. I have a great idea for a game. It's called Golf It. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> it's kind of like golf with your friends. No. <laughs> no. No. I don't want it anymore. Like I don't It was just so funny because I think I got to see Cameron in his element. That's the key. Like he is just like he thrives in the chaos and I'm sitting there just like what the fuck is happening? Like, ah, oh God. Anyway, so tune in next week when we play Fall Guys and everyone else just hears this and realizes that it's the only way forward. But until then, yo, take care of yourself. Uh, try to figure out how to not lose your mind in the quarantine slash Zoom meeting world that approaches. Um, cool. Take care of yourself. Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. Holy shit, we did it.